Hey there, this is Lee Winnell, writer and director of the film Upgrade and the co-creator of Saw and Insidious, and you are listening to Without Your Head. Decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Jim O'Hala, writer and director of Strange Nature. How you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Now, uh, Strange Nature. I noticed that you're from the area that uh, the movie takes place. Yes, I'm from Duluth, Minnesota, and um, which is where everything stems from because this this whole outbreak of frog deformities happened when I was still in high school, actually. And so the idea had stuck with me all these years. And, uh, and then when it came time to try to, you know, make my first feature, I was like, Hey, what, whatever happened with all that? Cause uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty bizarre thing to see mutated frogs on the front page of your local newspaper. And then when I found out it's still happening and it wasn't actually solved, it was like, Oh, this is, there's a story in this. Mm-hmm. And I think like, even if you're not, like totally aware when you set like a story within some type of reality, like uh, there's something about that, that you notice, you know what I mean? It seems like more and more realistic. Yeah, exactly. It's a way to kind of tell a fantastic, bizarre story, but keep it firmly planted on planet earth, which I think has a better chance to get under people's skin. Yeah. Yeah. So how about people in that area? How, how do do they know about the movie and like, how do they take to it? Are they happy or like, I don't want you know, this movie about, uh, about the movie. <laughs> it actually hasn't, it hasn't premiered there yet. It's premiering in October in Minnesota. Um, so they haven't seen it, but when we were doing it and promoting it, everybody was super excited. I mean, the mayor of Duluth went on local television, told the whole city they had to get behind me in the project. We, Stephen told the, Fantastic actor Stephen Tobolowski flew out to Minnesota to play the mayor of Duluth. And we shot in the real mayor's office. Um, we, we filmed all over Minnesota. It's where I'm from. So we get all the locations. We have so much support from the locals. And it was, it was awesome. Oh, that's really cool, then. Uh, I hope the mayor yeah, likes the like, performance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me, too. Me, too. He's not necessarily a bad guy. So hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully he digs it. And we didn't trash his office too bad. So Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, like, you know, it, it was also in particularly exciting for a lot of the local people in Minnesota because there's a lot of independent film that comes out of Minnesota is more, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's more of like a, you know, drama based. And so very few genre films come out. So if you have a film that comes in and like, oh, you've got these, you know, actors from out of town and you've got, you know, these frogs and you've got all these special effects and stunts. And all these things, it was it was a little it was a little different. It was a little unique. So, um, it uh, yeah, it got got people like really excited. 
Mm-hmm. And for people who aren't aware, like you have a you know a huge background in special effects. So when did you like decide like uh, I also want to you know direct a movie, write a movie? Well, I started out directing. I what got me my start was in Minnesota. I was doing a cable access series, My Three Scums, which is crazy horror <laughs> comedy. Um, I love and it, and we, <laughs> right, and we got uh-huh. we had fan base, and we had a lot of people that hated us. The mayor at that time and the police chief <laughs> were against us. We got death threats. I mean, it was crazy. But we were, you know, like you know, nineteen-year-old punk rock kids. So it was like awesome, cool. <laughs> you know, we don't care. And. uh, and then a company in New York, Troma, the makers of Toxic Avenger, Classic from High, yeah. all those kind of classics, they uh, they they saw it and dug it and invited me to come out and um, an intern on their next film, Toxic Avenger Four, Citizen Toxie. So and then and through that film, I got in with the effects department and then kind of realized like, okay, nobody just jumps into being a writer director. Like mm-hmm. you have to find some way to survive while you're doing that. You might be a waiter or a telemarketer or whatever. Luckily, I was able to get in as a makeup effects artist and kind of Tim Considine, the guy that was the head of that company, took me under his wing and taught me everything. And I was like, ooh, this is an awesome niche that I can be in while I'm pursuing my filmmaking career. And then eventually those two worlds can merge. So when I'm putting together the film like Strange Nature, I can, oh, if we have downtime, so we're not just like sitting around waiting for the money to come in. Let's build some monsters. Let's build creatures. Let's build makeup effects. And then that's all stuff that we have skin in the game that we can bring to the table and be like, look, I'm not just a dude with a script. I've got all these awesome expensive effects already built that you don't even have to take care of. Yeah. That's, so um, when, when, you, when you're doing the effects on, on the different movies, so did you use that chance also to uh, kind of study filmmaking, you know, watching the directors? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, whether it's, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I was on set for 2012, Roland Emmerich's film, or I was on set for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, all those TV shows and a lot of Joss Whedon's early work, you know, before he went on to do Avengers. And so you, you get, uh, and, you know, and then right down to trauma and, you know, doing like, okay, how do you do really crazy, ambitious things on no budget? on up to the biggest budgets you can imagine. So I've been able to get a taste of everything across the board and see how things are done. And uh, no, it's, it, it, it's incredibly helpful to be on different sets, to, to learn from other people how to do things the right way and the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought up trauma because a lot of people on the show over the years, it's either like uh, they have terrible experience with trauma or they speak really highly of trauma and Lloyd. And I always think, it's one of two things. It's if you're looking at your experience with trauma, like you're going to become, uh, you know, you're going to make a million dollars, whatever you're probably going to have a, a bad experience. But if you go in into it, like, like kind of what you said, uh, a way to, uh, to learn and, uh, and, and, you know, go on to do something else. Usually people have really good experiences and say, you know, that really helped them, uh, get into you know making what? movies. Exactly. You're absolutely right. It's all about, how you look at the situation. If you look at it as a money grab, yeah, you're going to get pretty bummed out. Um, but if you look at it as like, what are the other, like this is the longest running independent film studio in America's mm-hmm. history. So how, how, what other ways other than money can these guys help you? You work your ass off for them. And you know what? They've been really loyal to me. They, they gave me referrals to my first effects jobs in LA 
when we were doing publicity events for Strange Nature in Minnesota, they sent me out the 35 millimeter print of Citizen Toxic, Toxic Avenger 4, to hold the Minnesota premiere of it and charge money for it. And they didn't charge me a dime, just as a favor to me. As, so it's like I, for, for what I was looking as, you know, to get back from them, they, they totally delivered. You know, I knew it was never going to be a money grab with them, but it's, you got you to think bigger than that. You know, what, what are the mm-hmm. long-term ramifications of this relationship? Mm-hmm. I agree hundred so, um, percent. Tiffany Sheppis has a, a cameo in the movie. Did you meet her uh, with your time with uh, trauma? You know, I never met her through trauma. I actually met her at a Halloween, like horror convention oh, really? okay. back when I was like a teenager in Minnesota, okay. like out in the middle of some field or something. And, um, uh, but then all these years later, I've always like been a fan of Tiffany's. And then mm-hmm. when we had this role come up in strange nature, I thought she'd be perfect for it, but I don't want to just like be one of these guys that, Oh, I just reached out to you through Facebook and whatever. So I called up Lloyd and Lloyd Kaufman. He put the word out to Tiffany that like, Hey, Jim's a friend of mine. You need to talk to this guy. He's doing a worthwhile project. And then she read the script and boom, she was on board instantly. Yeah. That's cool. So did you do, uh, do you do the effects on the movie too? Yes. Yes. I, I, I spent a lot of years leading up to actually shooting building the effects one piece at a time with my team. There's a lot of people involved. It's not just me. It was like a lot of people involved. I was supervising and building where I could. And then when we actually got on set, um, we had my make department had Lauren wild and Steven Atkins, who is actually a a former wrestler as well. He actually wrestled with, um, with John Hennigan. He, uh, he's an effects guy now. So he came out and handled a lot of the mechanical puppet creature effects and then I, whenever I needed to, I might jump in like, oh, you know what? Turn the creature this way. Or, you know what? Let's, let's do these kind of touch-ups on this mutant makeup to make it a little more like this. And then once I would get it established, I would do my best to step away because I'm already going on four hours of sleep a night and just, right. you know, we're, you know, wearing all these other different hats. So it's like you, the, the big thing is trying to like get people that you trust to handle the department so you can walk away. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I get off uh, Troma stuff, did I see a Lloyd Kaufman cameo? I thought I did, and I don't want to <laughs> you give it away. You did. All right. Yes, you did. It was. It's very subtle. It's very quick. Yeah. But Lloyd is in there, and it uh, it it lasts, and it matters. <laughs> yeah, it does. So I don't want to say too much because then people can can find it on their own. Exactly, very but fun. it's it's a fantastic little Easter egg. Yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned John Hennigan and, uh, you know, re- wrestler also does, um, acting and stuff. And he does have some, you know, like a fight scene and stuff, but I think this is the first movie I saw him in where he's primarily like an actor and not just like a stunt guy or like a, an action guy. Right. Exactly. I, I worked with him on a film, uh, darkness descending with Danny Trejo, where I was doing John Hennigan's tattoos and, we got to be buds from there and I helped him out on another ghost puncher project that he was doing where I did effects and we got to be friends. And I started to realize like, you know what, this, this guy has something going on. He's got this like crazy good charm, but he's also got some natural, John has some real natural instincts, actor instincts and ability. And when I realized that I, I asked him if he would like to do the role of Sam. And when he was into it, I was like, man, this, especially with that dark charm of his, like to play kind of a villain was just, um, he was, he was fantastic. He was, he was really solid in the film. 
Yeah. And then, and then also when you can get a guy like that, that's, that's totally delivering the goods, the chops for the acting and, Oh, and you can throw him through a table and you can throw <laughs> him through a wall. Then that's, that's even better. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, you said it's based, you know, on, on some truth. Uh, is there, is there any human, did this ever go to any, like, uh, are there any real human cases in the, in the, in, uh, the area? Uh, not as of now, not as of now, but like I said, this was only discovered in 1995. So, um, we don't really know the long-term ramifications of this. I mean, the, the fact is that the, the frog DNA is actually more complex than human DNA. And we don't even know what causes most human birth defects to this day. So, you know, if pesticides in this country are only tested once every 15 years, and a lot of these pesticides and herbicides and fertilizers that we use have data that says that they can cause certain things and we're still using them, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how long it would be before something did show up. Um, in, in another life form, whether that's mammals, you know, right. or, you know, your family pets or humans or what. Um, and, uh, but, but it is still going on and it's spreading across the country, actually. When, you know, it's not happening as much in Minnesota anymore like it was in the 90s. But now mm-hmm. we've got hot spots in Northern California. In, in t- 2013 in Oregon, they found one population that was 100% deformed. Every single frog they pulled out had some kind oh. of deformity. Like that's never happened ever before. Mm-hmm. So it's something that's still going on. And, you know, frogs are life. They're, they're our, one of our first bioindicators of what's going on in an environment. And if every year we're getting, you know, 50% or more in population decline as a result of these deformities from these areas, like that's, yeah, it's a pretty grim future and, and where that leads. I don't know. Yeah. So how much like, um, like uh, when you're making writing the movie, how much like uh, time did you take to like investigate the uh, the actual science like involved in this, or was it something that you already oh. knew about? Um, I I mean I knew like really basic like headline stuff, and then I dug in. There was a couple really good books that have been written about it, um, uh, the peril of frogs and a plague of frogs, and then I did a ton of online research, and then eventually. Well, when we got to the special effects pre-production part of like, okay, how do we build these frogs? How do we build special effects frogs? Um, And it was like, damn, no matter how good of an effects guy you are, if you're trying to build something that small that looks convincing and moves the right way, that's like, it's, 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 it's damn near impossible. So it was like, well, wait a minute. It's a real thing. Maybe we can get the real thing. So I started reaching out to the scientific community and actually got a lot of support from them because they feel really screwed over and that, that all these issues had been kind of pushed under the carpet because they didn't find a, a solution in time or quick enough. So they're like really happy that somebody was making a film about this. And then Dr. Peter Johnson, who is one of the leading ecologists on these cases still in the U.S., uh, came on as our consultant. And as a result of that relationship, we were able to attain some of the live, real deformed frog uh, specimens, wow. and they're in the film. So it's it's all the real thing in the film. So um, it's a it's a it's a hell of a place to start from. That's wild because I actually paused it a couple times to look at the frog because it did, it did look so, you know the frogs they did look so good. I was like, did they like put makeup on like real frogs or what? <laughs> right, it's like <laughs> how did you glue the extra legs to them? Or what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, it's I a, like it's, that, a, it's a real thing. It's crazy. Yeah, and I like that there's 
sort of like a Jaws kind of thing to the movie where it's, uh, you know, like in Jaws, we can't, we can't stop, we can't close the beaches because, you know, the tourists and stuff. And so, you know, this has similar idea where it's like, you know, don't look too far into it because it's going to hurt, you know, uh, what, what we make here in town will hurt the, uh, the uh, you know, will hurt jobs and whatnot. To, it's weird that you would think you, you look uh, past something that's like, could be like harmful to all of humanity, you know, for something, you know, that seems kind of silly in a way. Right. And well, and that's, and that comes down to, well, it is technically at that point in the film, an assumption that it mm-hmm. could hurt us. Joel, just like it is in real life. It's just an assumption that it could maybe leak to us. So we don't really take it all that seriously because, well, at the end of the day, a lot of people just don't really care what happens to frogs. So until it ends up on your doorstep. And that was kind of the point where it's like, okay, if you had a small town that's already struggling economically and their one source of income and employment is this, you know, job provider of a, of a pesticide company and they're doing well and people like their product, you're going to have to come up with some hard, hardcore evidence that this is harmful in any way before anybody's going to even lift a finger, you know? And so it's like, it, I don't think it wasn't an overly dramatic response of the mayor to sure. request that in the film. Like that's a very realistic response. Mm-hmm. And so, so you're going to have to do some real work to see if, if, if there is something to this. Yeah. So, um, so it, uh, it premiered uh, yesterday for when we were taping this um, in, in LA. Yes. Yes. Uh, were you there? And uh, um, we were there. We had a big cast cast crew premiere screening friday night the 21st and it was like bonkers it was awesome big reception it was it was super cool and then today at 4 30 p.m uh pacific standard time we're doing a uh q a with a bunch of the cast and crew as well at the screen and, and including john hennigan carlos alzraki and uh lisa sheridan our star and uh and a bunch of others so um oh, yeah right. it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome and the response so far has been really fantastic yeah, I've seen like all the um, the online reviews. So, was that the first time you saw the movie with an audience? That was the first time I ever saw with an audience. Yeah, it was, so it's it's it's, it's nerve wracking, it's mind blowing, it's exhilarating, it's uh, it's everything, you know. Because we would do like little teeny test screenings beforehand, like in my editor's like living room with like a couple other like industry friends, and you would you know you'd see what you can get from that, but you know it's tough because you, you, you try to take other people's opinions serious, but then, you know, you might have somebody, somebody whose opinion you trust and they're telling you to cut your favorite part from the film. And it's like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to trust my gut on this and, and kind of shut you down there, you know? (laughs) And that's, that's kind of what the the post process is all about. Yeah. I would think that's a, to me, that would be like really rough because you'd be kind of torn. I think like, well, it, 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 because you remember filming that. So are you just like emotionally tetra? Cause you have like a memory of that and maybe it doesn't fit the movie or you really do feel like it fits in the movie. So, uh, f- I would think it would be kind of hard to deal with like knowing what, oh, to, yeah, cut, that's, what not to absolutely. We went through all that process and that's one of the things that takes so much time because you need to look at it get some feedback and then step away and really like absorb it and then take another look at it. Cause when we, our first cut was like two hours and five minutes. And I was like, brilliant, perfect. I wouldn't cut a <laughs> thing out of it. Uh-huh. Everything's in there just how I want it. And 
And then, you know, you start to get some feedback and then you look at it again. It's like, oh, wow, that whole big scene we shot in this bar, it's this karaoke scene. It's all these extras and it was a big pain in the ass to see, to film and everything. Um, it actually doesn't need to be there. And it's not that entertaining, but we, we spend so much time and effort and money to film it. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what I'm fighting for, but it actually doesn't need to be there. So over time, you're a little more and more honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Bone in the movie. I, th- I think it, he's one of my favorite characters in the movie. I thought he was great. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce was a was a killer find. He was he was a local um, actor in Minnesota, but I'd already known his work from you know he was Francis Dormant's police partner in Fargo. And okay. he was Andy and Dawn of the Dead, the remake, and, yeah. and which I loved. So it was like, oh, and then but it, he was so thrilled about the script. And uh, I mean, he was just, yeah, he was, he was awesome. He was, well, awesome. Like, he was one of those just total pros. Well, like, he's very likable and very charismatic. So, he's, you know, you like him, but at the same time, there's a little quirkiness to him. You're wondering if there's, you know, not like, uh, if there's an evil side or something to him. So, so he totally works in the movie. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And how about uh, Lisa Sheridan? How did she get involved? Uh, what was about, what about her? Did you think was right for Kim? Um, we, ca- we, we auditioned a ton of actresses in LA for the role of Kim. And, you know, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're a small production, so it was kind of like, okay, let's everybody that's, you know, in our, our budget level, let's, let's get them in and, you know, see if they, see if they're working. And out of all these actresses, Lisa was literally the only one, like truthfully, that came in and we could look at her audition afterwards and in person and be like, wow, she's the only one that, that, that can nail this. That she's the only one that nailed it because, because she came in with that sense of like, there's a sense of her about, of, of caring and that could be a mother, but she also, the most important thing is she came in the door with a sense of an edge, an edge of somebody that's been through something that's been through some heavy shit. And like, and that's exactly what we needed. That's something you don't have to teach somebody. They've already got it inherently. She already read that into the part and brought that to the audition. And she was the only one. She was the only one out of just dozens and dozens of actresses that we auditioned that came in with the right attitude right off the bat. And it was like, okay. And then we had her screen test with Jonah Barris, who we knew we wanted for Brody. And when they melded together and we bought them on screen as uh, mother and son, it was like, okay, done. You're, you're, you're hired. Yeah. Did you base like the, the look of the mutants off of, off of anything? Um, no, no, nothing, uh, nothing specifically. Um, just, that was just kind of like, just kind of having fun with it, you know? Yeah. Now I like the aspect of the Taurus in the movie too, that, you know, something's terrible is happening here. And then like, it, it actually brings Taurus in. Right. Right. I always wanted to explore that. Cause in Duluth, um, I remember back in oh, probably like the, it was like the early nineties or something. There was some like toxic gas leak, um, down by the bridge on Lake Superior and like nobody got hurt or anything. I mean, I think some people were coughing or whatever, but it spread this toxic gas spread around the lake. It was like a one day event on this Tuesday. And just on that, because this is small town Americana. So they turned it into a tourist thing. This one day little like 
an accident and they called it Toxic Tuesday. And they started releasing, they had t-shirts with, with crude <laughs> animation, kind of like our t-shirts about, uh-huh. about I Survived Toxic Tuesday. And I, I always thought that was so hilarious that they took such a kind of mundane thing and turned it into this like, you know, like it was Chernobyl or something. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I wanted to kind of play off of that, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, just the regular citizens who live there, how they would feel about it. You know, like, this is what my town's known for. People are coming in. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I'm not going to get too much shit when I go back and show it. But, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, use real news footage in the movie. Was it hard to, uh, to, to obtain that and use it in the movie? No, a lot of a lot of the the real news footage um, was covered under public domain for okay. the way where you're using it, and then also a lot of the footage that's actually in the middle of the film, we did that ourselves because we became uh, the uh, the actual news stations in Duluth became huge supporters of ours. So, I mean, they saw us struggling to make this year after year to get this going. So, whenever we needed to. We would go in there when I was visiting just family at Christmas time or something, and I'd be like, "Hey, we need uh, we need a couple newscasters talking about deformed babies. Um, can we do that this weekend? No problem." And we would get the real newscasters on the air, seriously reporting about these things, so we could put them in the film. So it was just oh, wow. it was just so cool to have a community effort like that. Yeah, yeah, and I have to admit, the poster art's amazing. Uh, I don't know if did you if you had any oh, hand in you. designing that or who designed it, but it's uh, it's great. Yeah, that's Christopher Shy. We um, uh, a friend of mine made this film called Alpha Wolf, and uh, he showed me the artwork that Christopher Shy did, and I was just blown away. I was like, "That's the guy that I need for this." Um, and uh, and I, I just approached him independently, told him like, "This is what we have going," because like he's like a big time guy. Like he does movie posters for big studio films. In fact, the new, the new Nicholas Cage movie, Mandy, that's oh, out wow. right now in theaters, he, he did the poster for that. And I just approached him, said, this is what we're doing. This is where we're at. We need a poster. We need an alternative poster. Um, and, you know, and this is, I, I, I knew we wanted the, the, the concept of the, the frog with the baby in it based on this, um, um, uh, this other artwork that we had seen before. And, um, and and if you can find a way to put the cast in there somewhere, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And he comes back like on a first draft with that. And I was like, holy crap, like that never happens where you mm-hmm. just can give somebody an idea and they get it that quickly. I mean, the guy is just brilliant. And, and, he, and, he, and he genuinely loved the movie, too. So he was oh, into cool. it. He was emotionally yeah. involved. So that that makes all the difference. Yeah. Is that painted? The, the, the poster? Um, it's a mix of painted and digital painting along with with um with you know you know bringing in some real images from the film and manipulating them but it was like man i just um i just i don't want a big picture of our monster on the cover and i don't want i don't want the screen poster where it's just like oh here's just like a bunch of good looking people staring at you like this Mm -hmm. just not it's not interesting i don't Mm -hmm. i don't understand why why studios and other films are so lazy. It's like you have this opportunity to create an original piece of art to represent this thing you worked your ass off on. Why not mm-hmm. make it epic? You know? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree. And uh, with so many movies out there nowadays, um, the first thing you see is, is, you know, the poster art or some type of art out there for it. And if it captures your attention, you're more likely to check it out. 
Exactly. That's the thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I really wanted to go back to that seventies, eighties feel where yeah. they really cared. They like, they actually did real artwork. Like I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted that vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a weird question, but uh, as soon as I heard the, the, like what the movie's about, uh, we you tempted all to put any line about making the freaking frogs gay in the, uh, in the movie. Like an, Alex, an Alex, like, yeah, like an Alex Jones reference. Oh, um, no, no, that didn't really hit me at the time. <laughs> but right. Maybe maybe for part two. All right. Uh, that's a silly question, but it popped in my mind, so I'd ask. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. <laughs> so after uh, this weekend when the movie's um, uh, playing, and then in October it's it's uh, playing in, in Minnesota, uh, where does it go from there? Uh, well, we make our festival premiere um, right where it belongs at the Twin Cities Film Fest, October 19th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then October 21st, we start playing at the Zinema Theater in Duluth, Minnesota. And then we're, we're busy negotiating deals with other theaters throughout Minnesota right now. And then and we're also playing at um, uh, Great Western Catskills um, uh, Film Festival in, uh, in New York, upstate New York as well. And then, and then, boom, in October, we release on Walmart, Redbox, Red, uh, Amazon. You'll be able to get oh, it nice. everywhere. Oh, very cool. Uh, I assume there'll be specials on the, uh, on the DVD Blu-ray release. Um, the, uh, the, the first, the first version that comes out won't mm-hmm. have any of our special features, but the, um, we're going to have follow-ups and uh, yeah. you know, foreign release. We'll have all that stuff on there. All right. And uh, where do you go to follow the movie? You know, where it's going to be and, you know, any information on it. Um, you can go to our Facebook page, which is just facebook.com backslash strange nature movie. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at strange nature one. Uh, we also have an Instagram which has a lot of really cool behind the scenes photos and crazy things that are coming up, which is um, just at strange nature movie. And then we also have our website, strange nature movie.com. So between all of that, you're you're covered. All right, very cool. Well, I appreciate coming on. It was cool to talk to you. Thank you, thank you. And then if anybody wants to come to see it in the theater in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, it's playing until September 27th, and you can go to lemley.com for more ticket information. Sweet, because as as much as I like watching a movie, you know, on my computer on the on the TV, uh, to me, there's nothing like watching uh, a movie on the big screen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's why you do things like, oh, let's make sure we shoot this on film or in 4K or whatever. So you can actually see it blown up and have it still look awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. Yep. Let's go.